is the Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down each episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 1, Episode 2, The Green Room. Mary, what happened this week? Brandon meets Dylan McKay, a mysterious cool boy who is like major trouble. After surfing at the beach and some light breaking and entering with some kids from the valley, Brandon discovers Dylan's bad boy image masks the sad boy within. Brenda wishes she had more cash to spend on clothes like her friend Kelly. She alters clothes she already has into a great new outfit for a party at the beach. Kelly ditches her there anyway. Steve's mother mistakes David Silver's dad to be a big-time celebrity producer. She convinces Steve to be kind to David to help her secure a role. Is this picking this up? Yeah. All right. Well, I guess the first thing we need to talk about is Brandon's dream and that beautiful Ooh. cinematography. You mean his uh, his wet dream? <laughs> <laughs> I'm alluding to that, but I... It's so bad. It's so bad. Like, what... Who was directing this, that scene in particular, where they're like, all right, we're just going to put him against a background and just like splash water at him. And this is going to look like he's in the wave. And it it just doesn't look good. Yeah. Do you think Jason Priestley looks back on this? Like when they first did it, do you think he was like, oh, man, I look great. Or just like, maybe the show will get canceled. No one will ever see this. It had to be the latter. (laughs) I know it's the 90s, but it should have been so much better. It, it should have been just better. maybe not happened. Yeah. Like, they could have just picked stock footage of someone surfing and then him walking out of the water towards the woman with the thong up her body. Up. That All the way was, up. Like, I know it's the 90s, but, like, I felt uncomfortable. I wanted to, like, adjust. Well, so did Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> How embarrassing must it have been when Brenda walks into the room and he's like having this dream. She's like, we have school in 16 minutes. He's like, oh, what? Ugh. Nothing happened. Okay. We roll over. Yeah. Don't look at me. Cover. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was super awkward. It, well, and the fact is like he was dreaming that he was so good at surfing. But in what, <laughs> what gave him that indication from that dream that he was good at surfing? I know. He has no idea how to surf. What like... He's from Minnesota. Where did that come? Minnesota. <laughs> we have a ton of lakes, but no ocean. Yeah, no ocean. <laughs> don't you know we don't have an ocean? <laughs> but on the positive side, when he does wake up, sideburns and mullet gone. I know. He looks so much better. So much better to have that thing off his neck. Ugh. Uh, I mean, it has been a week. He must have finally found a barber in LA. Yeah. Or maybe his dad cut his hair. I don't know. We haven't it, seen him yet. Dad's busy. Dad's in Chicago. Oh, right. Right. He's we move all the way out here, and his first trip is back out Midwest. Negative 18 degrees in, in October? <laughs> this isn't true. Yeah. I refuse to believe it. And if it is, see ya. I know, right? <laughs> I've been like, no, I'm not taking this trip. Fight me. Like, oh, God. And they go downstairs for breakfast, and mm-hmm. mom is just yelling at, not yelling, but she's arguing with dad on the phone. I just wanted to be like, should you really be doing this in front of your children? Right. Like, this is an argument that doesn't need to happen right now. And clearly she has an issue. I mean, she has this this entire episode and where she's just, all she does is complain. She just complains. Yeah. She has nothing good to say. It's not setting a good example for the kids. And apparently she knows exactly how many kiwi, or calories are in a kiwi. <laughs> I know. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, we're going to have some issues with food. Like, yeah. someone is going to have disordered eating, and there's a really good chance it's going to be in this house. Well, and what's kind of funny about what Brenda says, she's like, 
that's why everyone is so skinny. Everything that's healthy tastes good. I know. And I'm like, isn't that actually the opposite? <laughs> Doesn't things that taste bad are or taste really good or bad for you? Yeah, like donuts. Yeah. Well, potato chips. French cookies. fries. Oh, my God. Carbs. Oh, carbs. Chick-fil-A. I just want carbs. Carbs. I really want to lose three pounds. <laughs> is butter a carb? <laughs> but yeah, to know the exact amount of calories that are in a kiwi and you just moved to Beverly Hills... Who's really falling into this trap? I Mom. know. Maybe that's the thing. Mom doesn't have a job anymore and everybody's gone and she doesn't have anything to do. So she's just like looking up calories. She just like, reads labels. Yeah. She just reads labels. <laughs> that's another one. What did people do before my fitness pal? How are you going to log your Kiwis? They How did she know? Write it down on a I, piece of paper? I, no. Nah. I don't like that. Too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And then they get to school and there's another party. Because, duh. That's what you do. You go to school and then you have a party. I think I went to like three parties. I didn't go to any school. parties. That, well, graduation parties count? <laughs> Does cast parties after we finish our plays count? Because then I went to a ton. Nice. Because we did like seven plays a year. Ooh. I know. That's a lot of plays. Go me. Yeah. I was never on stage. Don't get excited. Oh. Hey, but there are no small parts. Only small actors, and you are definitely a small actor. <laughs> that was actually the only time I was really on stage was my freshman year. We did Once Upon a Mattress, and my director had this idea that we built this huge thing, and we made it look like mattresses, and we made it look like a big bed, and it was going to roll onto the stage, and we had put like a shelf in the back that we could put a bunch of stuff on it, and then they could like start pulling it out and be like, how did she not sleep through the night? And then there's like... <laughs> a bowling pin and a chicken and like all this kind of stuff like designed to keep her awake and then he was like and then at the end of that the person that's handing all that stuff is gonna come out and he was like who's the smallest person here oh my gosh and it was me clear choice so that sounds like the big comfy couch yeah just keep pulling things out yeah no that was my big debut and my (laughs) only time on stage well never again me i've never been on stage Except to give a bad presentation at work or something, but definitely not acting. Can't say I want to. But yeah, so now it's a beach party. Yep. Which kind of like when they go, it doesn't actually seem like a party. No, it just seems like everyone went to the beach. Like yeah. Everyone planned to go to, to the beach on the same day. Yeah, which I love the part where Brendan's like, I dreamed this. I dreamed I was going to the beach. Wait, I dreamed this. Yeah, it's so he, he finds it so fascinating that he could have had a dream where he just surfed. Yeah. And oh, my God, he's here. Is this going to happen? Am I going to see that really scantily clad <laughs> bikini babe there? I love Brenda's response of like, yes, Brandon. We live in California. Everyone goes to the beach. (laughs) Right. But at the same time, I don't know. I guess beaches are close to LA. You don't have to go that far. You can just go to like Redondo or something. I think that's not a great beach to go to. It's the only one I know. I don't know words. Yeah. California. I have no idea. Geography of California. I feel like we just need a map of California. We should do that. We should add that. So we could be like, oh yeah, that's only 15 miles. (laughs) That's only 12 miles. Hey, that's the closest beach. Yeah. And at the beach, I mean... Yeah, you're right. They don't really do any party things. They just kind of Yeah, like they sit down and then Kelly goes, this is boring and leaves. Right. Which doesn't seem like she did that much different from the last party that they went to. Well, yeah, because we barely see her in the pilot in the party there. Yeah, we barely see her in this episode because she shows up at a party, it's boring, and she leaves. Exactly. And ditches Brenda. I know. Oh, but I feel like we're getting really far ahead of ourselves. Totally. Because there is a 
big moment in this episode that we need to talk to about, and his name is Dylan McKay. Dylan McKay, played by Luke Perry. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Luke Perry. We miss you. We love you. Iconic, truly iconic character for Beverly Hills 90210. Truly, I did not know anything about this show before watching it other than like who was in it. And the second he showed up on screen, I was just like, no, I get it. Yeah, I would have been in love with you. And I would have sat on my couch in 1990 being like, I can fix him. <laughs> Every girl's dream is Every to fix Dylan McKay. Every girl. Like the first words out of his mouth were like, I'm not in a good mood today. In fact... I'm feeling a little hostile. But he saves the nerd from being beaten up. Which, that nerd is Scott. <laughs> All Scott does is get beat up. Poor guy. What did he ever do? Just exists. Well, to be fair, if you're sitting in your, what technology class or mm-hmm. whatever they call it, and you're creating the technology class nightclub. <laughs> like <laughs> Never been to one. Oh. <laughs> He's just using his imagination. Sweet Scott. Oh, never had a chance, did he? He didn't. He really didn't. <laughs> but what's funny about that is, I mean, so he's in that tech class. Brandon walks in. He's like, what you working on? They talk about that for like a hot second. Then all of a sudden, these two random jocks come in and bully Scott. And then we hear Dylan McKay. And he's like, Dylan basically McKay. turning around like, you don't want to do that, friend. And <laughs> even before that, Brandon says my favorite thing. He's like, hey, take it easy, guy. <laughs> Also funny moment after that is when Dylan saves the day because he's truly a white knight, not just Brandon's typical white male savior kind of. Yeah, it's not a complex, though. He's like actually doing things. He's not just like, but I'm a man and I'm telling you that you don't need to live up to these expectations. (laughs) Scott, you don't have to be bullied. (laughs) (laughs) You can do better. (laughs) That would never happen. But with Dylan, he actually tells the jocks to go shove it. Yeah, he's like, step off. And then he leaves before class starts. Yeah. And Br- about- he doesn't go to class. He doesn't go. He doesn't do anything. He's just sitting there. And when he leaves, Brandon's all, uh, your friend. You had a cool friend there. Scott's like, I've never seen that guy in my life. Where has he been? It's October. <laughs> there has been like four weeks of school. And I mean, I guess, you know, fun fact. Luke Perry was not supposed to be a series regular on this show. Like, Dylan was only supposed to be in a two-episode arc, and then he wasn't supposed to be there anymore. So I guess they, you know, kind of wrote it to be like, oh, he just shows up, and then he's going to leave again. Yeah. So they didn't really justify the fact that he's been gone for four weeks of school. But thank God they keep him. I mean, he's He's, he's Dylan McKay. He's so dreamy. He was every girl's dream boyfriend every girl like one episode and i'm already convinced 100 percent. i mean that's all it took and i i they probably saw that like the fan reaction or screen test or whatever mm-hmm. it may be to then extend his contract and say no we need you here because he was just so charismatic he had great chemistry with with the other characters he's brooding he's different than the other characters he reads would. poetry yeah he He's a thinker. He wears overalls and a jacket and he reads poetry and he says things like, I'm feeling pretty hostile. He is just different. (laughs) He is everything. everything. Those overalls. Like, I want to wear my overalls in tribute to him. I just want to see him in overalls in every scene he's ever in, except maybe if he's ever like shirtless or something. I was going to say when he was surfing and he was in the wetsuit and it was like tight and he was just like, I want to be your friend. (laughs) It's just like, Minnesota, you all right? (laughs) (laughs) 
oh god and then yeah no he skips class Mm -hmm. and then when brandon goes to find him later he's like well let's just leave yeah brandon's like first well first of all he says i have a free period oh brandon's in love with him oh yeah immediately he's like uh i'm I'm brandon i love you i mean brandon walsh (laughs) (laughs) what's your name what what i'm sorry what did you say i was lost in your eyes i just everything about you i love you (laughs) (laughs) yeah but of course in true dylan fashion because he clearly doesn't go to class he just says nah i know a place let's go to the beach and surf he's so chill about it he's just like nah man let's go surf yeah i already worked out once today but i could do it again (laughs) (laughs) and so they get to this beach and of course there's not really anyone there because it's you know during the school day and uh except for the valley guys the valley guys the total broskies of the the beach with sarah betty sarah betty real name sarah guys call her betty so we call her sarah betty she's a pretty yeah. cool chick no she is I really like cool like i do feel bad because you know they have that first day where she's sober and she's hanging out with brandon and she's really friendly and like she clearly has a crush on him and is like yeah you know immediately flirting pretty well like her whole like oh my gosh i want to go with you guys and then <laughs> you know she ends up not because i don't know she's living up to the expectations of two valley guys well and it feels like they just kind of like own her so to speak they feel like she's their property and so if she goes against them she may <laughs> end up in some way pushing them away and now she doesn't have any friends which, like, kind of blows my mind because Brandon would be her friend. Dylan's already her friend. Yeah. Like, there are people that she could turn to. I don't know. Those guys are just skeevy and I don't like them. But I could True. totally see being a high school girl and being like, but these cool surfer guys want to hang out with me and I just want to surf. Yeah. It's like her perception of them beats out her willingness to be her own person or go her own way or something Mm. like that yeah she just wants to fit in with them exactly she just wants to fit in with the surfers exactly but yeah i mean like they do enough to build up her character on that first day where she you know gives the whole little speech about the green room the ocean is our house the green room's the gnarliest place in it when you're in the green room you're riding the perfect wave and you know, later when they go to the hotel and she's just like, oh, but Brandon, stay with me. Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's got personality. Oh, definitely. Like, she's that, like, outgoing, like, really cute surfer girl who, like, kind of knows what she's doing. She's just in a situation that she can't fully control. Yeah. And so you can tell she has moments where she's, like, clearly wanting to get out of it. She knows that she's worth more mm-hmm. than what she's currently in, but just can't quite get over that little hump of you know self-acceptance and and being independent and kind of doing what she truly wants she's just kind of like you said she's living up to some expectation that these surfer dudes kind of built of her so now she has become that which i also kind of thought it was interesting that we were doing this right after the last episode like we just saw a girl being like well i'm throwing parties because that's what my parents tell me to do. And I'm saying, let's take off all our clothes. <laughs> because that's what everybody at school expects me to do. And Brandon gets to do his, but you're more than that. And you should do what you want to do. And then we go right into this next episode where Sarah Betty is like, you know, 
they call me Betty because of this and they own me and da da da. And she could easily not do that. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it feels, and I hate to say it because I love seeing complex female characters, but it almost feels like these complex female characters are written in and these situations are written in just so Brandon can have his moment to save them or tell them they don't have to be like this or don't have to live like this. You're better. Yeah. And I'm the reason why you suddenly want to be better or will be better, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's why it feels so much like a white knight complex with mm-hmm. him. Is it like you're building characters just for him to save? Yep. And I don't know if it's the difference in acting that makes it different with Dylan, but I feel like when Dylan does things, I don't see that. I don't see a white knight complex when he steps up to the bullies with Scott. Right. Like, and maybe it's because he's actually doing something and not just saying, like, Scott, you don't have to be bullied. Yeah. I mean, it's like with Brandon, it's mostly words, not yeah. really actions. But with Dylan, it's like he actually takes that plunge to stop the bullies. He mm. he goes to the source rather than – he goes to the problem, not just, a, like, the result of the problem. Yeah, like, the, he doesn't stay to the sidelines. He's getting right into it. Exactly. He inserts um. himself to save the other person. So it's not really – I mean, it's saving the other person, but it's more or less – it's not his business, but he's doing this and helping someone who can't help themselves or don't doesn't feel like they have the confidence to help themselves. But I do wonder, you know, now that we're saying that, we're saying that, like, Dylan actually, you know, does the actions in this episode. Brandon literally saves Sarah Betty from drowning. And, I mean, good on him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to discount that. I do wonder, though, why we look at him and we're just like, no, he's a white knight. Like, he's, <laughs> you know, just doing this for himself mm-hmm. when like later on Dylan finds out what happens and he breaks a surfboard and we're just like Dylan he's better <gasps> he's the best yeah no I <laughs> I definitely see your point I mean I guess to be fair Brandon is maybe compensating for something where Dylan is just he's been around this maybe mm. more I mean because he's grown up with this lifestyle where his parents really aren't there so he's somewhat parenting himself and maybe just I don't know. He's just been in this lifestyle. Whereas Brandon coming from Minnesota, he had everything kind of go to him. Yeah. Like he, I don't know. He grew up in a very stable household where he was given this opportunity to be this person. And maybe it's like what we talked about last time with the dichotomy between Brandon and Brenda where like he's just clearly supposed to be the good guy and you're supposed to like him and you're supposed to think he's the hero and I don't know, maybe if I was 14 and watching this, I'd have a different opinion. But looking at it now, and especially through the lens of 2018 versus 1990, 100%. I'm very skeptical of him. No, absolutely. I was going to say the same thing where it's looking at this now as mm-hmm. opposed to looking at, at in 1990 is 100% different. It's like a 180 because now, you know, you and I being, you know, full adult women, we can understand intentions better Mm. than we could have if we were watching this now granted you and I were just born in 1990 so we wouldn't understand it but if we had been this age then it would have been an an entirely different perspective Mm. although I still would have loved Dylan I still would have loved Dylan Dylan McKay forever so much I mean there's something about his whole thing Mm -hmm. like yeah he you know reads lord byron (laughs) what mad bad and dangerous (laughs) and he serves and he's cute and he stands up to bullies 
and he doesn't he doesn't drink like you know yeah. he shows up at the beach to surf he's like if i wanted to be hanging out with them wouldn't i be no i'm talking to you like he's yeah. so very direct in what he does i would be horribly intimidated by him and desperate for his attention well and i think i mean that kind of shows i guess maybe a i don't know if i would call it a confidence that he has but just something that he's not showing you all his cards mm mm-hmm. But he's showing you the card he's playing, so to speak. So it's like you always know what he's doing and the intent behind that action, but you still don't fully understand Dylan and what his life is about. And Mm. I mean, because the whole thing where I mean, it's at the very end of the episode where he's calling his parents and his parents literally haven't left him a message at all. You know, yeah, they're just gone. They're just gone. And so clearly there's more to Dylan. There's obviously, he's very, very deep. And you can tell that from this whole episode, just meeting him. But at the same time, he still is very direct in his actions. And it's very clear what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. Yeah. And I mean, I thought it was interesting when they go to the hotel in the first place and he's like trying all the doors, knowing that they're not going to work. And then he gets to his own door and you know is acting like they're about to put five cheeseburgers on somebody (laughs) else's hotel bill and you know you think like oh he's just being a delinquent that's what he's doing right now and then when Brandon goes to leave and what's his face comes out of the kitchen and has somehow already heard about his order and is like ready to bring it to him on the terrace. Yeah, I want that kind of service. I know. <laughs> I have never had room service come that fast. Right. It's usually like, oh, we'll bring you your French fries in 45 minutes. Yeah. And they'll be cold and not the best in town. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, when they, you know, have that whole interaction and Brandon's just like, wait a minute, you live here? Like, And then he's still mad. That's what I don't understand. So he's obviously... That's where, that's where the white knight thing comes in, where he's true. like, you don't have to act like this for these guys. Right. Well, yeah, because he... When they initially get there, Brandon's all nervous because he doesn't want to break rules. He doesn't mm. want to do bad things. He doesn't want to do anything that might get them in trouble. Totally understandable. I'm a rule follower, too, so mm. I get that side. But then when he actually finds out that Dylan lives there, so it's it's actually fine. Yeah, it's totally cool. He is paying for this, or his parents are paying for it, but... Yeah. Brandon still freaks out. He's still like, what? Are you serious? You're not the guy I thought you were. You know, like he just. It's been a day. Yeah. He overreacts and just leaves. Well, and to kind of like completely jump to a different part of the story, I think it's really interesting that he is so mad at Dylan for doing something like this when he just lied to his mom about where he was going so that Mm -hmm. he could go out and do delinquent stuff with Dylan. Right. Yeah, he's like trying to be friends with him. Yeah, he was definitely ready to go just like loiter. Yeah, like, just hang out on the Sunset Strip or whatever they're supposed <laughs> to be calling it now. I know, what do the kids call it these days? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he literally just lied to people about where he was going. And he skipped class, which yep. mom would totally have figured out at some point. Well, yeah, well, actually, I don't know. I mean, she never found out about Brenda and her 25-year-old loyal lawyer boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a good question of... Like, how attentive are high schools? Like, if you show up for some of your classes, but you don't show up for others, how do they know? Yeah, or is the school just that big and have that many students that it's mm. not possible to keep up with all of them? Yeah, or maybe I... they just don't care. They're like, oh, these are rich kids. They, you know, 
their parents will give us money. I don't know. Right. It's, it's a, not privilege. a private school. That's not yeah. going to happen. Eh. But yeah, so the whole, you know, role following, role breaking that Brandon has, it's like he's willing to break certain rules. Mm-hmm. But then the second it's that rule he doesn't want to break, he's gone. He's overreacting. He's mad. He's gone. He's like, nope, not going to have a part of this. You don't connect me to this. I'm a good guy. Even though I just lied to my mom. I know. That's the thing is you lied to your parents about where you were going. And if something happened to you, there'd be no way for your parents to find you. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, I don't know, maybe it's more of a dick move than anything else. Like it's not stealing, but it's kind of dick to lie to your mom when you're supposed to be the good kid. Well, and he's always kind of like preaching to Brenda, like, here's how you do this. And this is what you should do here. And I'm a great student. Oh, I got to work on that paper that Andrea Andrea signed to me in one day. And then he goes and just mucks it all up and, yeah, does the opposite. Okay. I do want to talk about this editorial. <laughs> we have to. Because she wants it in a one-day turnaround on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So she's expecting him to come to school with an editorial on a Saturday. Right. That's For her to like, put into the paper. Yeah. Is this, like, one business day or, like, an actual day? I couldn't yeah. get past it. I guess it was Saturday. And, like, what kind of editorial about the new kid in school is front page worthy? And who cares? Like, who truly cares if about a guy or a pair of twins from Minnesota? No yeah. one does. Well, and it's specifically Brandon. It's yeah. not Brenda. True. It is Brandon. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah, and it's got to be, I don't know. He he says something to Andre Andrea where he's like, um, you know, why would you think or why do you think I'm good enough to write this or something like that? And Andrea Andrea is so savage. And she's like, she did in reference to like the advisor or whatever. <laughs> so she's basically saying, I don't think you should. You're just a sports writer or you're, you know, not, I don't know what you write because you've been here a month. Yeah, he has. She does. <laughs> I still can't get over Like, I feel like he hasn't actually done anything to mm-hmm. prove that he is worthy of this job. Yeah. Like when he showed up to the newspaper on the first day and they weren't like, can we see some of what you've written before? Right. Yeah. It's like no prior records, no question, not even any questions, just what's your name and okay, you're a student. You got the job. Yeah. She gave him that weird test about the women's polo team, right. water polo and the or whatever. sewers or no parking lot. I don't remember. So it was, I think it was sewage related. Yeah. Toxic waste related. Toxic waste. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was it. And then he just wrote and did he write an article last time? We can assume he did. I, I guess we're going to have he to. Did. I but also want to know how frequently this newspaper comes out. Yeah. Is it like the Franklin and Gilmore Girls or is it like just some random newspaper? <laughs> it's like the New York Times. Oh, <laughs> it comes out every single day. That's Dang. why she needed such a fast turnaround is he was going to be the Monday morning. Oh, my gosh. Front page. <laughs> the new kid in school. But clearly they even put this in there. A to give Brandon a little bit more exposition, but then also to further the friendship and the relationship between him and Andrea Andrea. So, I mean, because like we said last time, literally she has had no connection to another Mm -hmm. character on this show besides the advisor who we've seen once. Yeah. And Brandon. Yeah. And the advisor is even there just to be like, she's the boss. Exactly. Yeah. She, she's like, I I don't know. I just stand here. Yeah. I have a clipboard and I write things down, but she's the boss. I could easily see that being like, a day player and we're yeah. never gonna see her again totally she was an extra for the day yeah and now you're done and then at the end of the episode when andrea andrea is just like i'm glad i made you write that yeah like, like good on me like that doesn't really yeah it doesn't really shine a good light on you well like i don't i don't like you quite yet i just don't know how to feel 
I mean, it's at the point, again, where she's had little to no interaction with the actual cast members. Mm-hmm. And the only time we've seen her is in the, I guess, journalism room, classroom or yeah. whatever it is. And then her secret about her living out of district. <laughs> Being a poor. Being a poor. <laughs> poor yeah. And I don't know. Maybe part of it is because, like, she is so clearly an adult playing yeah. a teenager. Like, oh, she's yeah. She's so old. She's so old. And in fact... When the pilot aired, she was by far the oldest at a whopping 29 years old. She is older than I am right now. Same. <laughs> yeah. It's playing like, a 16-year-old. It's, it's too much. It is too much. I don't like it. I did learn, though, that she's actually the president of a part of SAG. Ooh. And because she was so – she got so much backlash back then about her age as – at the time of filming and these older people playing, you know, younger roles, especially high school roles, that she's like doing things to make sure that you can hide your real age as the actor so that you're not nece- like needlessly ridiculed for that. So she's trying to make some moves. I do like that. Yeah. So she's kind of a badass woman, both in the show as and well as life. outside. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Something about her makes me think that I should like her. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really been given a reason not to. Yeah, other than her whole, like, I'm glad I made you do that, because I just wanted to be like, that, like, you have no part in this. Right. Like, you gave him an assignment, and frankly, you shouldn't have given him an assignment for the front page with a one-day turnaround as an editorial. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I feel like that's not front page newsworthy, especially when you have a water polo team (laughs) and a toxic sewage issue. Like, there is no way you cleaned all of that toxic waste up. And I'm sure there's just way better things to talk about other than the new kid. Surely there wasn't one new kid this year. Already, like, it would have been a more interesting story to talk about, I don't know, Steve's car getting wrecked and him just running around the school for a while and not finding it. Like, I don't know. You can turn that into, like, cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Which, speaking of Steve, he did not need to be in the episode. He was in it just to further, basically, like, you know, keep on the narrative that David's obsessed with him. Yeah, all of my notes are, why are you so obsessed with Steve? Yep. And we still don't really know, other than the fact that his mom is famous. Yeah. Like, we still don't know... What is so cool about... We know nothing about Steve other than the fact that he probably has a tumultuous relationship with his mom, his famous mom. Yeah. And David just wants to be friends with Steve. Yeah. So that's another one of like, David did not need to be in this episode. You could have left all of that out Mm -hmm. and it would not have changed anything about this episode other than the fact that David and Steve wouldn't be in it. Exactly. I do think it was interesting that Steve had that whole scene with his mom on the intercom mm-hmm. talking to him where like, we still haven't seen his mom. We don't know anything about her other than she is clearly too busy to walk across the hall or, you know, walk across the house to her son's wing or whatever. I assume he has a wing. Oh yeah. That seems right. That seems right. And that, you know, he clearly cares enough about her to hang out with this kid that he doesn't want to hang out with. But at the same time, he's not going to put any effort into having dinner with her. 
And instead, he watches her program. Which is so weird. I don't know if I'd want to do that. It weirds me out for some weird reason. Like, he'd rather... I mean, I guess it's because he's trying... He'd rather see who she is on the program because apparently she's just this awesome mom. Yeah, she's like the perfect mom. Exactly. And so he'd rather believe that that's how she is maybe than what she really is. Okay. I don't know. I like that. I like that It still freaks me out. It still freaks me out. Yeah, well, I mean, the only parent that we've really seen other than, like, mom and dad Mm -hmm. was Kelly's mom being like, it's the (laughs) middle of the night, turn everything off. Yeah, she appeared for a hot second for no reason at all. And so there's probably a pretty good indicator that everyone else has bad relationships with their parents. Or non-existent parents or just, yeah, I mean, it's... And again, it's that culture shock, right? Coming from Minnesota, we're probably, I mean, the culture is wildly different. Mm. And then you come here and it's like, Brenda's all mad all the time that she's got a curfew. Yeah. She has to do things. But meanwhile, all the other kids are just like, nah, that's just how it goes. Like, we don't have curfews. We just do whatever we want. You Wait, you see your parents? Yeah. I haven't seen my parents in months. (laughs) I can't, I can't imagine that. No, I can't imagine that. Well, even with Sarah Betty's parents, so... Because we don't, you know, all we know about her parents is that they don't really think much of her either. Mm -hmm. Because, and and I guess that kind of brings us to, Sarah Buddy actually freaking drowns in this. I know. In this episode. She actually has to be resuscitated. She gets CPR by White Knight Brandon. Mm -hmm. Which, good on Brenda for noticing. She's like, wait, Brandon, I don't think people, when it's this cold, people actually go out and surf. I know. Brandon looks around, oh my God, Sarah Betty, and goes to save her. And he's like, Brandon, nine, or Brenda, Brenda, <laughs> Brenda, <laughs> 911 now. Mm. And they do save her life, but that also tells us that Sarah Betty is an alcoholic. Yeah. Which, like, again, I kind of watched this episode and was like, we just did this with Steve. Right. Steve was just an alcoholic. And... You know, there was no one being like, you know, maybe you shouldn't drink this much. Maybe you shouldn't do these things. Maybe you need help. So, you know, I guess it is a different story in that case. But like, we literally just did a lot of Mm -hmm. the stuff that Brandon does in this episode. He just did in the last episode. It's true. And I mean, I guess on the one hand, like you do kind of see teenagers being somewhat responsible versus those who are slightly irresponsible and Perhaps the effect of parents and friends on each of those. So, like, you know, with Brenda and Brandon, we do have a two-parent household that's present. So they recognize, you know, warning signs. Or they're able to see that Sarah Betty's drowning and that they need to get to the hospital. Mm -hmm. But with Steve, with Betty, Sarah Betty, they're they don't really have that stability. Mm-hmm. They don't have those present parents. They don't have that kind of backbone in the family that tells them to avoid these situations or look out for these warning signs or things like that. I mean, maybe that's just a nurture nature kind of deal. Well, but at the same time, Dylan's parents aren't around. True. And he specifically points out like, oh, if I wanted to be hanging out with those guys, I would be over there hanging out with those guys and, you know, drinking and being a dick and owning Sarah Betty. That's but true. I'm not. I'm over here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. and That's why he's such a complex character. Exactly. That's why we need to learn more about Dylan McKay. Right now, he needs to be in every episode, (laughs) henceforth. I only want Dylan McKay. Only Dylan. Get rid of everyone else. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, that's the problem. Like, I have not attached myself to any character. I know it's only episode two. Yeah. But I've only attached, I immediately attached myself to Dylan. 
I also have not attached to anyone else. Speaking of Dylan, we do the whole like rumors thing again. When Brandon tells Brenda that he was out last night on the Sunset Strip or whatever the cool kids call it. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God, Brandon, Dylan McKay totally got some girl pregnant in Paris. Like, do you actually know that? Everyone does not know that Dylan's a bad kid. Yeah. Scott never seen him in his life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what? Did he just show up on Friday and by Sunday everyone is just like, did you hear? Dylan, Dylan, Dylan McKay did this. Dylan got a girl pregnant in Paris. In Paris? Dylan broke into a hotel room. Broke into... Where's his parents? I don't know. I can't think of another <laughs> rumor that anyone would say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a crazy world. And it, and it is kind of starting to have the makings of a true teen soap mm-hmm. rather than just focusing on certain issues. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe that's what we'll see is we'll see kind of that shift towards like a teen soap where we do see more interaction with the characters rather than just like here's an issue of, um, you know, being bad friends or here's an issue of self-esteem or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be and actually get more dynamic because I feel like sooner or later all of these characters have to eventually meet each other, at least come to a point where they're all kind of in that circle together. We're just seeing little mini circles right now. Yeah, I mean, they have to because really the one that stands out to me so much is that Steve is still off on his own. Yeah. But he should be in there. Like, I really think that he should be more friends with Brandon at this yeah. point. Like, I think that would have made more sense to show them going to the beach party together versus right. Brenda being like, oh, no, come with my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, he should have connections with people. He dated Kelly. He he already met Brandon. He's talking to David. Mm-hmm. I always want to call him Brian Austin Green. <laughs> well, that is his name in real life, so <laughs> not a bad Not a bad call there. Yeah, like, he should be connected to all of these people. And, like, David and Scott, I'm totally fine with them being separated out because they're younger. Yeah, they're freshmen. They're freshmen. Like, there should be a freshman storyline and a sophomore, junior, whatever they Mm -hmm. are storyline. Like, that's how they've done it on a lot of other shows. So I'd be totally fine with that. Yeah, I mean, the, the only kind of almost automatic pairings that we've seen have been Brandon and Andrea Andrea, Mm. Kelly and Brenda, and... But now Brandon and Dylan, mm-hmm. which I'm here for. I am so here for but it. But it seems like there's not enough of the other connections happening. I mean, well, and even with Kelly and Brenda, like Kelly straight up ditches them yeah. at the beach. That is such a dick move. And Brenda is rightfully mad. She's yeah. like, who would do that? Why? You know, is she really my friend? She's like now second guessing their friendship, which she probably should. Yeah. Because they became friends on the fact that. Kelly didn't want to sit with a fat girl, so yeah. not a great foundation. Well, and then, like, Donna's there again, and mm-hmm. again, does not really do much of anything. Yeah, she has one line, and she's just there to be a little lackey, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, so again, like, I understand Tori Spelling is there because Aaron Spelling is her dad at mm-hmm. this point, but I'm still waiting for her to have a story of her own. Yeah. Because she's going to. There's no way that she's not. She's... I know her as Tori Spelling, not as Aaron Spelling's daughter. Right. And I've never watched this show. Right. Yeah. So she has a big enough personality in real life to have a big enough personality on the show. She just hasn't had it yet. And I mean, that's the, that's the whole thing. We, I keep thinking like, gosh, this is only the second episode. I but I just, I guess that speaks to it though, because it, it want like, it's making me want to know more about them yeah. individually and as a friend group. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a good sign that it's actually kind of hooking me in, but yeah, so far it's been very like 
This is Brandon. He does this. This is Kelly. She does this. This is Steve. He does this. Yeah. And it makes it all seem like a lot longer. Mm -hmm. And I think if there was at least some sort of interaction between the two, like this is Brandon. He does this. But while he's doing that, Kelly sees him do that. And that prompts Kelly to go do this. Right. And that would at least make it feel more like a cohesive story versus like seven storylines that only get two or three minutes each and are all mashed together. Right. Yeah. So I hope we see more of that later on. Yeah, and I'm sure we will. Ten, there are ten seasons where <laughs> yeah. nobody talks to each other. This is going to be a long, I don't know, three years of podcasting. Almost 300 episodes <laughs> of podcast or of Oh, it's show. just going to take forever. But, yeah. I mean, honestly, if they're going to end episodes with, like, Luke Perry coming in and just, like, staring someone down, breaking a surfboard with his foot. <laughs> yeah. I'll stick around. Oh, I'm for that. I mean, literally, he brings the guy over and it's like, hey, you make sure you watch this. You see what I'm doing? Crash. Break your surfboard. <laughs> Break the wrist. Walk away. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was the most savage mood or move that we've seen so far. It's just, I'm going to stomp on your surfboard. Those things are expensive. I know. Especially for a high school kid. And I have to think that they're a little more durable than right? they appeared. So you got to think like, Dylan's got some power. Oh, yeah. And got some like, strong legs. Those are some nice quads. <laughs> yeah, I think half of our podcast is just going to be, I love Dylan McKay, and here's why. <laughs> <laughs> only half? A thousand reasons. Oh, yeah, only half. Yeah, probably more like 70, 30. <laughs> I'm going to split this off into a new podcast about how much I love Dylan McKay and only Dylan McKay. Back to Dylan McKay podcast. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> Dylan... Yeah, we have to find out more if Dylan is truly kind of that white knight without being a white knight. He's more of mm. just, he's just a good guy who mm-hmm. just wants to take up for the little man or the smaller guy or the people who don't have a voice. Yeah, like, it's like he does, he does what he wants to do. He's yeah. going to, you know, not go to class if he doesn't want to. He's going to read poetry mm-hmm. if that's what he wants to do. But at the same time, like, he has this reputation of a bad boy to keep up. So, you know, sure, we can pretend to sneak into my parents' hotel and order a bunch of cheeseburgers but like deep down he's still a good guy and like he's gonna break a surfboard and Mm -hmm. cause you pain for almost killing a girl like I feel like yeah I guess they didn't really kill her they left her to die which is just as bad right it's just more negligence than anything else but like I don't know I lost my train of thought (laughs) I just, I got lost in Dylan McKay's eyes. In Once again. <laughs> yeah, at least Sarah Buddy's okay. She, but it, I felt it was kind of weird because she said she's from the Valley, but then she shows up at Beverly Hills, West Beverly Hills High School. Yeah. Like she shows up and Brandon's like, oh my God, you're here. And she's like, oh my God, yeah. You know, my parents said I should go to school. And he's like, oh my God, okay. <laughs> but I thought she was from the Valley. Like she shouldn't even be, cause she's like, I don't go to any school. Yeah, I I kind of get this feeling that she ended up having to go to a hospital closer to the West Beverly beaches Mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. And when she got checked out, she was like, parents, I have to go to this high school. Yeah. And then like. Well, that's the thing. It's like we don't we're not going to see her again. Let's face it. (laughs) We're never going to see her again. She was here for Brandon's character development. Yeah. Which. I thought it was really funny that she shows up at the school and then as she's leaving, Kelly's like, I can't believe you saved that girl. How does Kelly know? Yeah, I thought her and Brenda were like not on speaking terms. They're not on speaking terms. She was already gone from the beach by the time they saved her. And it's like the next day. Yeah. So unless, 
Yeah, that was kind of bad writing, I guess, because I don't really see the connection there. It just blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, there is no way that Kelly is just like, oh, that's clearly the girl you see. Maybe right. she was like, that girl's not from here. <laughs> that girl's from the valley. That must I, be her. I know. Everyone here. She's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even go here. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. All in all, I guess, I, oddly, I think I like the pilot better than this episode. And that feels strange to me because at first I hated the pilot. I don't know. I I do think I like this one better, but it might honestly just be because of Dylan McKay. True. I mean, that brings a whole other element to this this big old story we got going on than yeah. what the pilot did. No, like rating this episode, Dylan's just going to get a letter grade for himself. Ooh. Like, he is just, if I would grade this episode, I don't know, like a C, mm-hmm. it automatically goes up to a B because Dylan's in it. He's my extra credit. Ooh. He's <laughs> everyone's extra credit. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably give this one, I don't know, what did I give the pilot, like a B plus? Yeah, yeah. you gave it a B plus. I think I gave this one a B minus, just because I just felt, it It just didn't feel like it furthered the plot mm-hmm. along in any way. I could it see that. It just focused on this one character that we're not going to see again, and Brandon's complex. Yeah. They introduced it- Dylan, which is great. Dylan. So maybe that was the point, to bring him into the fold, Yeah, I guess. so... What it kind of seemed to me like it was doing was it kind of felt like it redid the pilot, but better. Yeah. Like, we didn't have to introduce everybody, so they got to save a bunch of time on that, but they still did the teen drinking is bad. They still did Brandon and his white knight complex. They still did, you know, Kelly's kind of a bitch, even though she's a friend, but she's also kind of a bitch. (laughs) They still did a Beverly Hills parent being terrible. Yeah. They still did... Brenda and Brandon's mom being mom, I guess. Being complainy about being in Beverly Hills. I mean, they also still did Brenda freaking out about what to wear all the time, her image, how she's going to fit in, Mm. all that stuff. Although they did it better because she, you know, couldn't afford to go shopping with Kelly, who was just like, oh, look at all of my credit cards. Here's all this plastic. Yeah, she's not paying for anything. She should have just bought the jeans. Totally. Yeah, like, whatever. But then you got to see Brenda being like, oh, where's our sewing machine? I can upcycle my own clothes and I can make this look good. And she did look good while Kelly looked like a reject from a Megadeth video. (laughs) And she dressed so out of season. Yeah, she looked real gross. She was cold. She She was was wearing cowboy boots. (laughs) To the beat. (laughs) Everyone wore the wrong footwear in this episode. Before we go to anything else, I feel like I have to mention that Brandon wore flippers. While he was oh, learning to God. surf. Who I, wears flippers in the ocean when you're not like scuba diving? How are you going to surf with them? Isn't one of the points like you're laying on the surfboard and then you jump you pop up? up? Yeah, you yeah. pop up. You not can't pop up in flippers. You would just face plant. I mean, they literally, when he was trying to get up and out when Sarah Betty was helping him, he could not stand up. <laughs> I really would have loved if they threw in a line where she was just like, you know, you don't have to wear those. Right. <laughs> God, that was the worst. It was so dumb. But he didn't dream up that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What if he did dream that up and we just didn't see it? And then he was just like, guys, where are the flippers? Yeah. I need I my need flippers. flippers. Anyone? Anyone got flippers? <laughs> I need two of them, please. Right and the left. <laughs> oh, you don't have flippers? It's okay. I brought my own in a two-seater. <laughs> yeah. All in all, decent episode. But I just, we need more Dylan McKay in every episode and... We just need to know more about how these characters entwine together. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, I would probably, I'd probably give this one a B plus. I just think it did everything better than last time. Plus, they have Dylan McKay. Yep, and just, just Dylan. Dylan's the best. Also, just tribute to Luke Perry, who we recently lost to a massive stroke. We love you so much. We miss you. Oh my gosh, Luke Perry. May you rest in peace. This has been Back to West Bev. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review us. Five stars, please. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast or contact us at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O-Podcast at gmail.com.